need to do. Okay, uh, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for uh, just loving us, Lord, being good to us, um, uh, using us, being willing to use us um, in spite of ourselves at times because, God, we don't really... Um, you don't need us, um, but you desire to use us, and that's just an awesome thing to know. And um, a lot of things going on in, in life, and just uh, things happening in, in general. And Lord, we know that you're uh, the author of all of it, even if it's hard. Um, we know that you're using it to stretch us and grow us. And I thank you for just an awesome time last night, and just being able to hang out and laugh. Um, we don't do that enough, and so uh, too often we think that uh, Christianity has to be so strict and, and and like mechanical. And Lord, it's built on relationships. And I do pray that the class uh, just knows that uh, we love them and that you love them and uh, that you have a plan for us all. And so I pray that you would uh, just speak to us today. We're going to spend a couple weeks and uh, look at a, a Christmas theme type of thing. It's that time of year, but really, Lord, uh, we're going to get a little deeper into that. And so I pray you just uh, speak to us today. Uh, you showed me some kind of cool things out of this, so I pray that it would come across uh, just uh, as something that would be uh, beneficial. And Lord, I do just continue to pray that you would uh, just give us guidance as we uh, do make our plans for the upcoming year and uh, that the class is uh, really serious about that and that we would be ready to uh, get busy about what you've called us to do. So uh, pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm trying to think. Okay, if you got your Bibles, <laughs> open up to uh, uh, the book of, I think, uh, Luke is where we're going to start. So I told you guys last week, and uh, so Candace reminded me of this this morning. She's like, oh no, we had homework. And I'm like, I don't give homework, Candace. Uh, this is an HBI. But I did give you guys some tasks. But the cool thing is, uh, as Candace was frantically writing this morning, it really isn't uh, something we need to circle back around to uh, until the first week of January. And so I told you guys uh, to kind of spend some time going through that. If you missed last week, uh, I really do encourage you. I usually don't encourage people to go back and listen to anything that I've taught because it's honestly probably not worth listening to. But uh, uh, I really feel like God is pushing us, leading, pushing me, leading us uh, to uh, a certain direction and a path, and uh, he's really laying down some plans for next year and kind of the direction I think we're going to go and kind of a theme that we're going to buy into, and uh, it's it's going to require us to be ready and be willing to, to do what he's called us to do. And so anyway... Uh, go back and listen to that because I challenged you guys to make some plans uh, and some goals, set some goals, make some plans. And, and then uh, there was also some teaching uh, that went into that before that. And I challenged you to actually, you know, evaluate your life. Nobody really likes to do that because, you know, we're all we're really good at evaluating other people's lives and what they're not really that good at or what they are good at. But we don't really like to get serious about us. And so I, I do uh, really do challenge you to go back and do that and spend some time being being real with yourself because... You can evaluate yourself, but if you don't evaluate yourself accurately, it doesn't really do any good. Uh, don't think too highly of yourself. You ought to think. And then on the other side of the coin, don't think too lowly of yourself because sometimes people, and you might be like, well, that's humility. No, that's, sometimes that's just, uh, that's just knocking yourself down. I mean, really do evaluate yourself because uh, God has given you gifts to, to be good at, at things. And so sometimes people are like, well, I'm not good at anything. Well, that's not true. you got the Spirit of God inside of you, so I guarantee you you're, you're good at something. So do that, and it'll, it'll be worth it. So anyway, <clears throat> excuse me, for the next two weeks, 
Uh, we're gonna look at something and, you know, because I can't really think of a good title, we're just gonna title it, What Child Is This? Uh, it's Christmas time, I wanna make sure we, uh, do, uh, acknowledge that as much as I don't really want to. Uh, I'm not a huge Christmas fan, I like hanging out with people and with family, but like, giving gifts, and my wife is really, not that she's, Okay, I don't want to be like, she's the Grinch here, but my wife has really rubbed off on me in this over the years of life in the sense of like, why, just don't give gifts to give gifts. And I mean, that's just us anyway. And it's like, if, if there's a purpose and a need or, right. And so, yeah, give gifts because you want to give gifts. Yeah. So anyway, and then Brian Clark totally stole my thunder last week. If you were here and he was totally making fun of all the Christmas movies, and that's kind of the direction I was going to go today because I absolutely loathe Hallmark Christmas movies, and my daughter absolutely loves them. And so my daughter always wants to watch them, and so we've already sat down and watched a couple uh, this year, and I'm like, Paige and Hallie, they're just all giddy about this thing. And you might be like, you're just, dude. No, I'm telling you, this is this happens at our house as well. They're just giddy about these things, and... Uh, you know, I'm like, it's the same story, you know, and uh, I guess it's not the same story because Brian Clark had a really good point. It's the girl from the big city that comes down to the small town. I'm like, well, that's not the one that I thought it was because I thought it was always about a guy in a flannel shirt that comes rolling in. And so anyway, they're all, they're all the same, but you know, there's, there's a purpose. And so that's the season we're in. That's what we do. And so sometimes you do things that you don't like to do for the people that you love. And so anyway, we are in the Christmas season and because if you're like me, you're just like, I just want to get through it so we can get back to, you know, real life. Well, real life is this is the season we're in. And if we don't take an opportunity or the opportunity to use the platform that Jesus Christ has, not that he doesn't have a platform the rest of the year, but that the world is willing to receive it, then we're kind of missed the boat here. Uh, and so if I was just to press through teaching what I was teaching and, and skip over this, I mean, you guys wouldn't probably be any, any different for it, but I mean, we're called to go and tell. We're called to be a part of what's going on and get Jesus where he needs to go, uh, and he wants to use us in doing that. And so I do want to take a couple weeks and, and look into this, but uh, in typical uh, me fashion, I'm going to you know really tie it into what I feel like God is doing with the Passpoint class right now and where he's leading us. And so uh, we're going to look at two things. We're going to, Today we're going to look at... Um, Obedience, so here's kind of, if you want a, a longer title, what's, what child is this is just kind of letting you know, hey, we're talking about Christmas. But uh, here's, it, and it'll be based out of that. But, so the, today we're going to look at obedience to what we know will lead to blessing that we don't know. That's what we're going to see today. Obedience to what we know will lead to blessing that we don't know. Okay, and so if you want to write that down, you can. I don't really care. I'm not much of a writer. Uh, we played Family Feud last night, and if it wasn't for the fact that Meredith was writing stuff down, it would have been really odd because I surely wasn't going to write anything down. Uh, but obedience to what we know will lead to blessing that we don't know. And then next week, you don't have to write this down because you can write it down next week if you want to, but it's kind of on the flip side of the coin. Obedience to what we don't know will lead to the blessing that, that we can know. And so you might be like, well, that's kind of a contradicting fact. Well, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't, and you'll see why next week. So anyway, if you had your Bibles, I told you to open up to the book of Luke. Uh, we're going to move quickly because, man, if you haven't heard the Christmas story, or at least the part of it that we're going to read through today, uh, go back and do that. Because, I mean, there's no reason for me to go back and teach something that you already know, or just read a story to you and be like, hey, did you know that, you know, 
the virgin had a baby? It's crazy. No, you guys know it. So I want to I really tie this into, I really feel like God is uh, calling us, pushing us to uh, this, you know, what did God tell me to do, right? And you, you should be able to, you know, answer that by now. We're going through this family life study. And what is it that God has called me to do? And so if you're called to something, you have an opportunity to either obey or disobey, correct? And so I'm really tying it to that. So um, you guys have heard me say this before. And I hope you believe this, but God doesn't need us to do anything. God doesn't need you to do anything. He doesn't need you to take the gospel to the other side of the globe. He doesn't need you in particular uh, in, in, to uh, talk to your neighbor. He doesn't need you uh, to be a good husband or a good wife. He doesn't need you to do any of those. But did you know that he really wants to use you in those ways? Uh, God, God's will will get done one way or another. Uh, I, I promise that. Uh, the Bible says that if we didn't do it, the rocks would cry out. You know, God will get his word where it needs to go on time. God will, God will get the job done. But the fact that he wants to use you should like encourage you, that, that he, he desires to use you. Uh, it only takes one thing from us to do what God has called us to do. And you might say, well, what is, you know, what is that? Is it availability? And I mean, yeah, it kind of is, but, uh, anybody can be available. Not everybody can be obedient. Uh, and so God needs you to be obedient. He will give you things in life that, hey, this is what I want you to do. This is who I want you to talk to. This is who I want you to minister to. This is the direction I want you to go. And we honestly have a choice. Whether you're saved or lost, you have a choice. Am I going to obey or am I not? Am I going to do what God told me to do? Am I going to step out in faith and fill in the blank? Am I going to, am I going to be obedient? Obedience is simply, though, because... If I was to ask somebody, and I'm not going to do this because then you'd be like, I know you're like tricking me into the wrong answer here. And <clears throat> if I was to ask you what obedience is, you would probably say something along the lines of, it's just simply doing what God told you to do, right? It's just simply doing what somebody told you to do. I'm teaching child training on Wednesday nights and obedience is just basically uh, obeying the command that you were given. But it goes a little deeper than that. <clears throat> obedience is simply doing what you were told to do or doing what you know. Sometimes you just know to do certain things, and it's obedient to do those things. But did you know that it's impossible to obey something that you don't really know? You know, there's certain things that you're just simply ignorant of. Uh, when I got, I've told you guys this story before, when I got saved, there were certain things that I just didn't know. Uh, and I was, I continued to do them, and it, it took a while, some things, and other things that became evident very quickly that, Oh, I didn't know that, but I'm definitely not going to do that anymore. Obedience is simply doing what you know, right? You have so much uh, knowledge in your brain. And if you don't have a knowledge over something, I can't hold you accountable. I mean, I can't, you know, if you didn't know, you didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. But when you do know, now you're accountable for that. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about. So God's blessing doesn't come from you doing, you know, all the right things at all the right times. God's blessing doesn't come in your life because I lived a perfect Christian life and I did this. God's blessing comes when you simply obey what you do know. And then when you realize that maybe what I didn't know, uh, I shouldn't have done that, and, and then making corrections along the way. We are not born into, we, we're not given this revelation when you get saved. I wish we were. Uh, they're like, okay, now I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. Now I have all of the knowledge of God in my brain right now. And I know all that. Well, you're, you don't, you're not granted that. 
you have to learn, you have to study, you have to actually put forth effort, and, and it takes obedience in doing what you do know to do. And so I want to kind of take that thought into what we're doing. So Luke chapter 1, I'm going to read through some of this. So at, at this point, we're going to start in verse uh, uh, 26. But So at this point, the uh, uh, angel has come and, and talked to uh, uh, Mary's uh, cousin, uh, her name is Elizabeth, and so basically uh, she's uh, an older uh, lady, and so they've been barren their whole life, and so they thought at this point we're just never going to have kids. And so uh, so anyway, uh, she comes, and, and she finds out that she's going to have a child, and uh, at this point we're like six months into this thing, okay? And so, but I, I don't want to get lost in the weeds of like that story. I really want to focus on uh, the part that Jesus' birth plays into this. So in verse 26... This is the first thing we hear about, really, Mary, which, who is Mary? The mother of Jesus, okay? Uh, and we're going to look at Mary and Joseph in particular uh, today, and just the obedience that they have with the things that they knew. Uh, and so, in verse 26, and it says, in the sixth month, the sixth month of what? Uh, the pregnancy of Elizabeth. We just came off of what we were talking about. That's what that's talking about. Uh, the angel uh, Gabriel was sent from God. Uh, into a city of Galilee from Nazareth, named Nazareth. I'm going to read through this, and I'm going to circle back around and hit a couple of things. To a virgin, espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came uh, in unto her and said, Hail, thou uh, that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. Notice that it says she was troubled at his saying, not at his presence. We'll talk about that in a minute. And cast in her mind what manner of salutation uh, this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give uh, unto the throne uh, of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall be no end. And Mary said unto the angel, So at this point she's thinking, Okay, that all sounds good. Uh, we, we, she hasn't been like told at this point that, hey, uh, this is going to happen uh, through you know immaculate con- uh, conception or anything like that. We're not talking about any of that. It's just, hey, you're going to have a son. And she might be thinking, okay, well, that's logical. I'm engaged. So, uh, okay, uh, generally those things happen after marriage. Uh, so um, she's thinking through, okay. Uh, but she goes ahead and asks the question, uh, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Uh, are, you, are you talking about, like, after we get married? What are you talking about here? And then we really get some revelation here. And the angel uh, answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. And she's thinking, The Holy Ghost is going to do what? Uh, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Um, uh, and, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which, thou shall, uh, which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Now she's thinking... Whoa, like what? Verse 36, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived uh, a son in her old age, and in the sixth month uh, with her was called, who was called barren. For with God uh, nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, You're out of your mind, angel. That's not what she says. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Okay, so here's what we're going to look at today. I'm going to look at uh, just kind of Mary's obedience to the things that she knew. We're going to look at Joseph's obedience to the things that he knew and how those are tied to blessing that we really just don't even understand. Because sometimes we just have to be simply obedient even when we don't know what the outcome is going to be. Uh, God, and obviously I don't think um, that anybody in here is going to be thrown into a story quite like this. 
right? Uh, it's just probably not going to happen in the sense that the Holy Ghost is going to come on any of you ladies. Uh, and so obviously, uh, but what we are going to look at is what is it that God is calling you to do that seems kind of outlandish? And even though you might not know the entire story, what is he trying to show you at the end of it? And so here's what kind of we're looking at. So looking at just Mary's obedience. And so just a few things. I, I don't have a ton of time, and I do want to make sure we uh, get through this so we can get into next week because this is like a Christmas series. So if I take this into like January, you're going to be like, that's weird. So I do have to be done in a couple weeks. So just a few things as we go through this. It says that uh, she's a virgin. Okay, so when we think of the word virgin, we think uh, in the culture we live in, somebody who has not... Uh, <coughs> had sex okay but when the bible says virgin it means a few different things make sure you understand that when you read that because a lot of times we read this in the context of the way we understand words today and so when it says a virgin it says that uh, uh in verse 27 a virgin uh and so what that means is she's a single lady right and there's also another caveat to that she's a single lady who is sexually pure at this point. Because there are single ladies in the Bible who are not sexually pure, and they are not known as virgins. Go to uh, First Corinth- or, uh, yeah, First Corinthians chapter 7, when it talks about uh, you know the marriage kind of context, and at the end of the chapter it talks about uh, if a man have a virgin. It's talking about if a, a father have a daughter, right? That's what it's talking about, not in, in, in that context. And so when it says that word virgin, that's what it's talking about. So it says that she is a single lady, who is sexually pure at this point. It also says that she is espoused. What does that mean? She's engaged, right? Uh, now, it's not the same type of engagement that we have today. It's not like Joseph swooped in on one knee at the end of the Christmas movie and, you know, with the scene just right and said, well, you may. it wasn't like that. Uh, you know, there, there's some choice in the matter, but, you know, uh, there's also some things that go into it. There's like gifts of engagement and culturally it looks different. But yes, uh, Mary, and we'll find out uh, to who, Joseph is who she is engaged to. They are basically uh, on their way to marriage. Things are getting worked out. The gifts of engagement have uh, been given. At this point, the father of uh, the bride has said, <clears throat> yes, uh, you can uh, have my daughter. You know, there's there's a picture even to some of the things that we do today and why we uh, at least sometimes culturally go and ask the father uh, for permission and things like that. And so that's what it's talking about when it says that she's a virgin, she's espoused. Um, but just to kind of get where we're going, uh, it says that uh, in verse, let's see, because this is kind of... Uh, something that I don't think we always see. In verse 28, it says, And the angel came unto her and said unto her, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Okay, so that all seems okay. But it's this last phrase that kind of catches her off guard. It says, Blessed art thou among women. She, in the culture that she lives in, is not a woman. She's a virgin. Uh, and that's how they look at people. They they wear a veil of their virginity. Uh, they have all... So, so when this angel comes and says, blessed art thou among women, she's like, wait a minute. And a lot of times we read that and we don't think too much of it because we're like, yeah, it takes a woman to have a baby. But that's, again, we're reading it in the context that we read it. it even so much so that it says uh, in the next verse, um, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. It doesn't say she was troubled at him being there, right? The presence of an angel wasn't what got her. It was the saying. She's like, wait a minute, what do you mean? Because that was to to be a pure virgin in that culture was was huge, because if you weren't, we'll find out later, uh, it was punishable by death, and so you know it was serious what she was, and she says she was troubled at his saying. 
<coughs> over here. She says, she's like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm not a woman yet. Right? I am, I'm still, uh, considered a virgin in the culture we live in. She's troubled. And so, just think about the things that she's going through at this point. Because we know the end of the story. Yes, you're going to have baby Jesus, and it's gonna be great, and God's gonna bless the whole thing. But think about the culture that they're in, and like, the meaning of what is happening, and the things that she has to be thinking are running through her mind. Like, this is, this could be, this could be bad. This could be terrible. I could, uh, lose my, uh, my, my husband. I could lose my life. I could lose, you know, a lot of things. Um, we went and saw, uh, the miracle of Christmas at Sight and Sound last, last Christmas. And it was, it was cool because some of the things that you don't think through, and some of it, you know, you don't know exactly how biblical it is. They're trying to fill the holes of the story and to make it. So again, uh, but for the most part, like, you're going through this and it's like, wow. Some of these things you don't really think through and some of the, the, the cultural things that are going on. So, but she's like, how, how can this be? That's the next thing that she asks. She goes, she says, okay, I understand what you're saying, but how is this going to be? Because don't forget, I know you called me a woman, but I'm a virgin here. Uh, I am a single lady and uh, how is this going to be? Let me just tell you, as, as you're going through this in your own life, if God gives you something that seems mountainous if God gives you something in life that is like that's too big it's okay to ask God how it's even okay to ask God why it's even okay to ask God I I don't understand it's not okay to be disobedient it's okay to not know the end of the story it's okay for her to be like how shall this be it doesn't say it can't be it doesn't say that it won't be, that I won't be a part of it. It says, how can this be? It's okay to ask God how, as long as you're willing to be obedient with what you do know. Are you willing to be obedient with what you do know? Right? And so let's look at that really quickly because I need to get moving. So what are some things, think about the, the situation she's in. What are some things that she does know to be true? Right? Some things that at least can give her some sort of peace. So just think about Mary in general. What are some things that she does know to be true? Uh, she knows, now they didn't have a copy of it per se, but uh, she knows her Bible. She knows that there's a virgin birth foretold uh, in Isaiah 7.14. I don't have time to go back and you guys can just write the verse references down. I got a few of them. She knows that, that there's a virgin birth coming. Now, is it crazy to think that it could be her? Oh, I'm sure. She knows the power of the Holy Ghost in her life. Uh, she's, uh, if you study who Mary is, she's, uh, a godly woman and she knows the power of the Holy Ghost. So, okay, God can do anything. She knows that the son of God is coming soon. Uh, the culture that they live in, he's coming to save the nation of Israel and they're looking forward. The Jews are even today, they're still looking forward to it. The fact is they just missed it when it came, but they're, they were waiting for the Messiah. Uh, they were excited about it. She knew it was coming. God also uses because this is what sometimes we need in our life. He uses something we can see. He says, hey, look at Elizabeth. Everybody knew her as barren her entire life. She's an old lady. Might as well call her Sarah, right? We don't know exactly how old she is, but she's old and she's barren. And uh, she's six months pregnant. The angel's like, don't tell me that it can't be done. These are some things that she does know. God throws in this verse that I don't think is a coincidence. In verse 37, it says, for God, nothing shall be impossible. Because the angel has to know, this is a lot to download on a young lady. There's, this is a big ask or tell to, to this young lady. 
What are some things that she does know? Well, those are some things that she can hold to. She doesn't know the end of the story. She doesn't know how this is going to end up. She could end up with her being stoned uh, because that's culturally what should have happened to her uh, if she's found uh, basically with child before she's uh, married, before she, uh, especially if she's espoused at that point. Those are some things she knows. But in verse 38, it doesn't say that she's like, that's too much for me. It doesn't say that that is the craziest thing I've heard. It doesn't say that you've picked the wrong person. I'm not ready for this. I can't do that. All the things that we would say in our life when God comes to us and he's like, hey, this is what I want you to do. And you're like, whoa, go find somebody that's way holier than I am to do that because that's not on me. I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. No, that's not what she says. It says in verse 38, because of the things that she does know to be true, and Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to thy word. It doesn't say that I need to go talk to Joseph about this. It doesn't say that I need to... Uh, it just says, Behold, here am I. Basically, it is exactly what Isaiah said. Here am I, send me. I'm here to be used. That's what she says. Because of what she knew, she was able to be obedient, even though she knew it would be hard. She has to know the things that are coming her way are going to be just ridiculous, Right? The things that God is going to to bring culturally are just going to be terrible, right? Uh, People are going to think... She was uh, a well-thought-of young lady. She was uh, very religious in in the Jewish culture. All of those things. And we find out that, well, now she's going to... You can only hide a pregnancy for so long, right? And then all of a sudden, Tucker's grinning because he's like, we tried for a long time and eventually I had to say something because if not, you know... You know, that's just what happens. So you can only hide it for so long. At some point, you know, it starts to show. She's got to be thinking, like, at some point she can only hide this. She knows it's going to be hard. But because of what she knew, she was able to be obedient. Okay, fast forward to Joseph. Because you might be thinking, okay, that's crazy enough to think of on its own. But God wants to use what you know and, and show you blessing that you can't even comprehend. So back up to Matthew. Uh, same story, different book. Uh, Matthew chapter one. Let's 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 hear about Joseph's side of this thing. She's able to use the things that she knows to find peace enough to just simply obey. God calls you to do something in life, and I don't know what it is. And you need to at least use the little bit that you know. I'm not saying that you need to be the holiest person in the room. I'm not saying you need to know all of the things or all of the Bible or because that's what a lot of times happens. Well, I don't really know that book good enough. I can't share the gospel with that person. I can't go and do that. I can't go on that trip. Somebody else should probably do it that's smarter than me, that's better than me, that's whatever. That's not what it says. Use what you know, right? Just Just use what you know and go from there. Okay, so let's look at Joseph's obedience here of what he knows. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. So up until this point, we've just had genealogy of basically getting to uh, Christ. You can go back and read that on your own time. Uh, lots of names. Good luck pronouncing a lot of them. Uh, verse 18, though. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When uh, as his mother, Mary, was espoused to Joseph, we looked at that before, before they came together, again, we'll look at that in a minute, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thy son of David, uh, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, 
for thou which uh, for that which is conceived to her is of the Holy Ghost. Again, think about the situation that he's in and some of the things that he's being asked to believe at this point. Verse twenty one, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken to the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And Joseph, being raised from sleep, did take unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and called his name Jesus. Okay, so... A few things just kind of pulling out of here as we go through this, and then we'll look at some things that Joseph knew. So it says, before they came together. I think we understand what that means. It doesn't mean, you know, before they shook hands. Uh, it means before that they uh, had consummated their soon-to-be wedding. Okay, so that's what it's talking about. They had not, because here's what the Bible critic will tell you. Uh, well, they just had sex before marriage, and Jesus was no different than a normal dude born into fornication. Like, that's what the world will tell you, Okay. But we understand that something completely different had happened here. So before they came together, basically what they're saying is, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe what it says is true. And I mean, at that point, who am I to argue with you? You believe what you want. Uh, I'm just going to simply believe what I have right in front of me. It's written in black and white. Uh, a lot of times the world will say, I don't know what I believe. Well, at least I have something to believe, you know. And so anyway, uh, it says before they came together. It also says uh, in verse, uh, let's see, 19, it says, then Joseph, her husband, so we read that and we're like, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense because they're engaged. How is he her husband? And so culturally, once uh, he goes and uh, gives the gifts of uh, engagement to her father and he accepts them, uh, at that point, they are, uh, as far as culture goes, uh, married, right? Uh, there's a ceremony that goes into that, but at that point... Uh, he is her husband, her espoused husband, okay? Now, we understand that the marriage is not complete until the, the ceremony and the consummation of the marriage, but that hasn't happened. But it does say her husband. It's not a contradiction to the word. They were engaged. We understand that. Uh, it also says that he was a just man. Okay, what does it mean when it says that? Why does it say in verse 19 that Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example? When he finds out that she is with child... Because that's what it says. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Somehow, news got out. Right? Now, I don't know exactly how it happened, but somehow, some way, news got out. Uh, she is with child. So, now he's aware. Uh, I'm guessing word is spreading fast that everyone else is aware. And he has an opportunity here as an engaged uh, husband to this young lady. If she's found with child before he has had any kind of relation with her, he is able to, uh, if you go back to Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, or several other verses, make her a public example. Bring her into uh, basically the court of public opinion and they will stone her. And if they find out who the man was, stone him with her, right? That's just the, the punishment of it. But it says that he was a just man and not willing to make her a public example. It says he put her away privily. He doesn't really know what to do with the situation up until this point. At this point, uh, the angel hasn't come and talked to him. At this point, he, he's just simply protecting her. For what reason? Well, I mean, you know, who knows? But he's protecting. He's put her away privily. Go where people aren't going to at least see what's going on. And we will figure this out. We will uh, 
see what's going to happen. I don't want you to be stoned to death. I don't, we just need to figure this out. He puts her away basically where people aren't going to see that, oh my gosh, she's pregnant. Now what? What has happened? Blah, blah, blah. So he puts her away. He's a just man. He's not willing to make her a public example. Okay. So then the angel rolls in and he starts downloading this thing. Hey, it's okay. It's no big deal. The Holy Ghost is come upon her. And and he's like, the what? And, you know, he's trying to figure this whole thing out. Like, how is this even possible? And he's just like, it's all good. It's the son of God. And so again, completely crazy circumstances that he is being put in. Like, what am I going to do here? Again, we know the end of the story. It's like, oh, it's no big deal. It's, you know, baby Jesus. It's all good. Think about the situation that they're in and the obedience that God is calling them to. Because it's always easy when you know the end of the story to decide if you're going to obey or not obey, right? It's always easy at the end of the game to know when you should have called your timeouts, right? Or if I would have just done that, or if I would have just... Hindsight's twenty twenty. When you know the end of the story, man, that's why as, as Christians we should, you know, be ready to charge children with a score gun because I know the end of the story, you know. But anyway, we know the end of the story, but think about the situation that they're in and what God is calling them to do. Well, here's some things that Joseph knew because God is going to call you to obey sometimes with just a little bit of information. And are you willing to use what you do know to be obedient enough to go wherever he's calling you to go? Here's some things that he did know. He knows the previous testimony of Mary. He knows the woman that he is getting ready to marry. This is not who she is, right? Now, if she was, you know, kind of promiscuous or whatever else, it might kind of fit the bill. But he knows who she is, and this just doesn't make sense. None, none of this is what this doesn't happen. He knows the power of the Holy Ghost in his life. He, as well as Mary, is a very religious young man. He knows what the Holy Ghost can do. He knows that, okay, this angel just came and said something about this child is going to save their people from their sins. I've heard that somewhere. Wait a minute. Uh, and it wasn't at church service. Oh, wait, it was back when I was reading Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 29, right? Oh, wait, I, I remember that. That's interesting that the angel knows exactly what was foretold. And now he says, hey, this is going to happen. He says he shall save their people from their sins. He knows that. He can use some of the things that he knows. It says that in Isaiah 7:14 that there's going to be a virgin birth and his name's going to be Emmanuel. Well, that's interesting because the angel who just came and rolled in and said, "Hey, this is no big deal." In verse 23, said, "Hey, when you have uh, this child, we will call him Emmanuel. He will be known as Emmanuel." Oh, wait a minute, I've heard that before. Things are starting to piece themselves together. Verse 24 and 25 it says, "Then Joseph, being raised from a deep sleep," did as the angel of the Lord uh, had bidden him and took unto him his wife. So he goes ahead with the ceremony, but he says he knew her not. Again, they weren't shaking hands until they had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. Okay, Because of what he did know, he was able to be obedient, even though he knew it was going to be hard, even though the circumstances weren't really right for this whole thing to play out. He was able to be obedient because he did know. So, I'm not even going to get into that. There's, there's, so there's the things that you do know, your obedience, and it's going to lead to a blessing that's not known. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7, it's basically the, the, the portion of the story where it's, you know, basically, uh, they're called to go and be taxed, and they go, and, and she, uh, has Jesus. We'll get into that next week. Okay? But what I really want to focus on is, 
Again, I don't think anybody in here is going to uh, be called to have the next, uh, you know, Christ as a child, even though some people kind of think of their child that highly. Uh, it's not exactly like that. Um, what I'm saying is God will call you to do something. It might be a lot of somethings. It might be a really large something. It might be something pretty simple. It might just be something as simple as, hey, why don't we just read this book? It might be something as crazy as, hey, why don't you uproot your uh, family and move halfway around the world? Or anything in between. God is calling you to do some things. And a lot of times you're like, that just doesn't make sense. Well, you know what that really, what you're really saying is, I don't really believe that God can take care of all the details. That's really what you're saying. I don't really trust that God can do all of that. And you might not even be doubting God, but you're, you're doubting yourself. I don't really think that I can do that. And, and I don't guess that I believe that God can change me or grow me. And so that's kind of how that thing plays out. The thing that you really have to ask yourself is, what do you know to be true? Because if you've got a few things that you know to be true, past experience and the things that you've seen God do, then it's a little easier to say, all right, I, I can do that. If God is calling me, I can do that. Even though it sounds hard, sounds crazy, uh, I can take what I do know and, and turn that into a blessing that I don't even know what's coming. At this point, they know, oh, Mary's going to have a child, and it's of the Holy Ghost. Seems crazy, but they have no idea at this point that we're talking about the Savior of the world. right? They're thinking, okay, God's son... They have no idea that the child that they are going to raise is going to be the king of the world. But yet they took the little bit that they did know and they were able to be obedient to something that they had no idea how to comprehend. Right? It's just crazy when you think about the story and the things that go into it. And so next week we're going to look at how some other people in the story were able to use something that they could see to lead them to something that they didn't know. Right? And so, anyway, we'll get into that uh, next week. So let's pray and we'll get out of here. Uh, Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Uh, Thank you for just uh, stories that we've read hundreds of times in the Bible. And yet you still can take something like that and prick us uh, to just action, to obedience. And I do pray that uh, we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would actually be somebody who's willing to do something with it. Uh, God, you're giving us a lot of opportunities in the upcoming year to uh, be serious about what you're calling us to do uh, and to just grow the kingdom of God. And I pray that you would provoke us and prick us to know uh, the things that we do know and use them uh, just to be faithful even when we don't understand sometimes. So I pray you just uh, preach through Pastor Brian today. Thank you for all the things that have happened this weekend, a lot of things going on, and uh, thank you for the Passpoint class. It's just really awesome to be a part of what you're doing here uh, and just counting Paige and I faithful to uh, just be a part of it. And so uh, use us this week uh, in Christ's name. Amen. 20 verse 10. Leviticus 20 10. There's several other ones, but that's just one of the many.